Yikes. Yikes, yikes, yikes. Uh, that is the only appropriate way you can start off this podcast, especially given what has happened with the Kansas City Chiefs dropping five of their last games. Folks, we've got a lot to talk about here on this episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. I'm your host, Farzim Sukin. Appreciate you guys downloading and listening to this episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. Hope you guys all had a great Thanksgiving holiday, a great Thanksgiving week. Hope all of that was good. Hope you all filled your bellies up with... Uh, with some turkey, other goodies that was presented to you at your tables. I lost two and a half pounds the morning after Thanksgiving, so I've been bragging about that. Keep going down in weight, which is always good, especially during the winter time. But nonetheless, uh, I'm sure you guys enjoyed your football on Thursdays, as well as some college football action over the weekend. But Sundays, I'm, it's safe to say, you guys probably did not enjoy what happened out at Arrowhead. And uh, let's not waste any time. There's a lot to get into. Facebook.com slash Farzim Vesugian. That is my Facebook page. Give it a like. Follow me on there. Reminder, we go and do our Facebook Live during halftime and after every Chiefs game. And I've got to say, uh, I mean, it seems like we've been getting more and more Chiefs fans tuning in for these Facebook Live events that we have, uh, which is good, which means more people are coming in. But I also think it's upsetting because there are more Chiefs fans that are wanting to get their voices heard, trying to get their opinions out there, and just a lot of anger from Chiefs fans. And... I've got to tell you what, I've got a lot of things to say as well on this podcast. I'll get to that in just a moment. So Facebook.com slash Farzine That is the Facebook page right there. Follow me on Twitter at Farzine21. You can also email me, Farzine at Farzinevesugian.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Google Play. New episode will be available as soon as it is uploaded. It'll download automatically and you can listen anytime, anywhere. Uh, tweet the links if you guys can. Always helps the podcast out greatly. Spread the word about the Chiefs Zone Podcast. A reminder, of course, this is our recap episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. In our preview episode this week, we'll, of course, preview the game between the Chiefs and the Jets later this week. We'll also have Morgan Gannum on the podcast. Morgan Gannum mentioned last week he's got a radio gig in Oklahoma, and we'll have him on. We're one of our celebrity Chiefs fans, so to say. Uh, he'll come on the podcast, talk about his new gig, his music career. Also, we'll touch... A little bit on the Chiefs, as I know he's been following them very closely as much as he's been busy. So we'll definitely talk to him about all of that as well. All of that will be available on Thursday's podcast. But for now, oh man, uh, I mean, there's a lot to get into with the Kansas City Chiefs. And I mean, this 16-10 to defeat in the hands of the Buffalo Bills, it's not good, man. It is not good. Many of you guys are asking, and I've been asking this too, what happened to this football team? This is not the same football team we saw the first five games where they started off 5-0 and in the last football team to lose a game. So what's happened? I may have an answer. I saw something on social media that's led me to believe this is the only logical answer that you can provide. And of course, we'll recap the game between the Chiefs and the Bills. Plus, I do have... Not necessarily a solution, but I do have somewhat of an idea at the quarterback position. And we'll get into that idea momentarily. We'll also go around the NFL, out of bounds, and I'll throw my penalty flags. Boy, there was a big fight. One team has a a bigger meltdown than the Chiefs. And also a lot of college football news. A lot that I want to get into in that area. We won't be able to get into all of them, but a couple of big stories that I do want to touch on. One coach was fired on the field after the game. Plus, you guys know the penalty flag segment. There's always someone stupid I find. And I I just found someone else who just 
top this list here. And there's something I want to do with the penalty flag segment. I want to get you guys involved on that. So I'll get into that when we get to the penalty flag segment. But for now, oh man, uh, where do you start? What do you say about this game? Because here's where I would start. I would start by asking, how the hell do you lose to the Bills? LaShawn McCoy ran 22 times for 49 yards. Tyrod Taylor, who got his starting job back this week after they gave it to Nathan Peterman last week against the Chargers, which was interesting to say the least, he threw 19 of 29 passes for 183 yards and a touchdown. That's not great. It's not great by any stretch. Here is how the Chiefs lost this football game. Kansas City's rushing attack, complete trash in this football game. 19 carries for 55 yards total. That's what it was in this football game. Alex Smith led the team in rushing with 35 yards. Scrambled five times. Kareem Hunt ran the ball 11 times for 17 yards in this football game. Had one run that went for nine yards. That's the longest he had. Tyreek Hill caught seven passes. The longest went for 11. Had 41 yards altogether in this football game. You got Tyreek Hill, arguably one of the fastest players in the league right now, and you're using him clearly on short passes. That's not what you use Tyreek Hill for. Yeah, sure, screens here and there, but I mean, there was just absolutely no deep ball action with Tyreek Hill in this football game. And Alex Smith trying to avoid sacks, rolling out of the pocket, and still looking for a receiver. And he still has open players for a short pass. I know short passes, we complain about those, and they're not the most exciting things. But it's better than not getting a first down. He had Kareem Hunt at one point wide open on third down, uh, on third and long. And Hunt was two yards away from the first, first down line. And there was no defender near him wide open. Instead, Smith, who's panicking, trying to escape pressure, trying to avoid a sack, and still has his eyes downfield. And instead, he just runs himself and fails to get a first down. The Chiefs looked like a real, dynamic NFL offense coming on the first drive of the second half. That looked like an NFL offense to me. That looked like the same Chiefs defense that we saw earlier in the season. Now, with the exception of the first three plays where they got backed up a little bit, they got over that, got the ball to Albert Wilson, he got through and scored the touchdown to pull the game close, but they couldn't do anything else after that. Uh, I mean, that, that false hope, similar, similar to the 5-0 and start, you had that false hope there. You had some false hope that maybe the offense is going to start playing well. They're going to start playing like an NFL offense. I remember at halftime, uh, somebody, one of you guys asked, what would your game plan be? What what adjustments would you make? What what do you think the Chiefs should do in the second half? And I said play football because they were not playing football. They had only one first down in that first half. And it came late in the second quarter. I mean, that was just atrocious to watch. Four possessions in the first quarter and none of them resulted in first downs for the Chiefs. That was just pitiful to watch. Now, of course, not a, not a whole lot of action in this football game. But Alex Smith, uh, on that final drive there, threw an interception to to Davius White. Took it back 63 yards. Almost got a touchdown, but Smith 
was in the way, uh, not really letting him make a turn, and he got some help eventually. That's the only good thing he did, but that was too late. Uh, boy, uh, I, I mean, and this even came after a horrible, horrible personal foul penalty in which uh, I believe it was Charkandrick West. He was barely touched inbounds in which the clock would have kept rolling. The Chiefs didn't have any timeouts left at this point. And the Bills got called for a an, a, a personal foul call, uh, giving the Chiefs 15 yards. I mean, that, that penalty was a gift from the refs, to the, a 15-yard gift. That's what that was. And the Chiefs still could not take advantage of that. I'm not saying that was a, a great thing. That's a horrible thing. I don't care who you're a fan of, but bad calls happen all around. And if there's a bad call that goes in your favor, hey, look, take advantage of it because opposing teams... They also get bad calls in their favors, and they're not going to apologize for it either. They're going to take advantage of it and just move forward from there. But luckily for the Bills, that didn't hurt them too much. And you saw, as you saw, the Bills came away with that 16-10, very boring victory. Not a lot of positives. I think the only positive that I can say, Harrison Butker, uh, of course one of them, uh, Reggie Ragland, I think, was worth mentioning uh, in this game. Pretty great game from him. I thought nine tackles led the team in that three of them went for a loss. Three tackles for a loss. I definitely want to see more of him the rest of the year and see how he does. Uh, he went up against his former team, the Buffalo Bills, and he was acquired this year by the Chiefs. So, I haven't seen a whole lot of him much, but uh, hopefully we can uh, see him at this point for the rest of the year and see if he can keep playing at a level like that because if that's the case... This is a guy you definitely want to move forward with and see if he can be uh, a, a guy uh, similar to Derek Johnson's caliber one day playing that inside linebacker position. All right, look, we've got to address the big elephant in the room, and that is Alex Smith. Boy, uh, first of all, there was a report that came out Sunday morning, uh, I think from CBS, that the Kansas City Chiefs, are not considering a quarterback switch despite the recent struggles with Alex Smith. Now look, everyone's entitled to change their opinion. Everyone's, you can change your opinion on something. I mean, you might, there's a restaurant you might really love one day in the next couple months, all of a sudden you change your mind. You you hate that restaurant all of a sudden. Maybe the food, maybe the service is horrible. Maybe you're in love with someone one day, but... Things happen a couple months later. You you don't you can't stand the person. You want to break up with them. Things can always change for sure. You can always change your mind here. But look, I'm just going to read you Alex Smith's averages. Some of these numbers here from the first seven games and compare them to the last four games. Now, record wise, in the first seven games, five and two. Start off five and zero, oh, lost to the next two, and uh, I would say six of these seven games, Alex Smith played like an MVP. He was known as the MVP in the first half of the season. The last four games, completely different Alex Smith. Passing yards, the first seven games. And again, this is average. This is how much he averaged in the first seven games. 282 passing yards. The last four games, 223. Completion percentage. He was completing 72% of his passes in the first seven games. Now, 63%. He was averaging just a little more than two touchdowns per game. Now it's one touchdown per game. He had zero turnovers, no fumbles, no interceptions in the first seven games. And in the last four games, 
He's averaged 1.25 turnovers per game. His passer rating, oh boy, this is the big one right here. He had a 120.2 passer rating in the first seven games. The last four games, 79 and a half. Look, I know there are so much more that we need to talk about beyond statistics. The offensive line's got to play a little bit better. But listen, they're not letting Alex Smith get sacked left and right like they did earlier in the year. This is not the same. This offensive line has, and I'm not going to say they played great, but they certainly haven't played as bad as people make it seem. Alex Smith, when he's dropping back and when he sees the pressure, he keeps dropping even further back, making it difficult for offensive linemen. Keep, go forward when you see the tackles falling back with, with the pass rushers, then next thing you know, those outside linebackers or defensive ends, they're kind of out of the play for at least two or three seconds, giving you just a couple of defenders to worry about and giving you maybe a little more time to make a throw of some sort. And Alex Smith isn't doing those things. And I think that that's something unfair to these offensive linemen that you know there are no statistics for how they do. You don't get that a whole lot from them. But the way Alex Smith is going out there playing, he's making the rest of the offense look bad right now. And people want to talk about drops here and there. He's overthrowing some of his best targets. Let's not forget last week, that horrible underthrown pass to Tyreek Hill should have kept it going further out. Would have been an easy touchdown for the Chiefs. Over Overthrew Alex or Travis Kelsey in this game a couple of times. Your first first down went to Demetrius Harris, of all people. And I mentioned this right at halftime. The Chiefs had gone seven quarters, including the overtime period against the Giants, without a touchdown. And now the Chiefs have just one touchdown in their last 28 drives. That's nine total quarters, including that overtime period, in which we only saw about eight and a half minutes of last week against the Giants. Here's here's some questions that I think you've got to ask the coaching staff too. What is with the excessive play calls to the side, especially on third and two in the fourth quarter, where where, where Andy Reid decides to come up with this weird play call where you where you're running to the sidelines, you, you ran more yards left to right than you should have ahead of you. What is with the excessive screens in the second half? What is the deal with Albert Wilson and Tyreek Hill both trying to catch a pass on a screenplay early in the game? What is that about? What is going on there? I mean, clearly one of them did not get the memo that the pass was supposed to go to the other. That that is that, Those are high school issues that we're talking about there. And coaches should make it clear. I don't know if that's Alex Smith not making it clear in the huddle or if the coaching staff didn't make it clear or if both of them just got cut in the moment seeing the pass come in that direction. I mean, what happened right there? And what was the issue with the Chiefs getting their first and only first down of the first half late in the second quarter? Why did that take so long? What was the issue there? Why are the Chiefs not running a playoff before the two-minute warning in the second quarter when they had a whole 39 seconds left to do so. They let the game clock roll all the way down with just one tick left on the snap clock. There's no aggressiveness. There's no passion. There's no fire. You don't see a lot of heart in this football team. You don't see the confidence, the swagger in this team anymore. What has happened to this football team? There's only one explanation for this. I said earlier, 
I think there might be an explanation for this, and this is the only thing I could draw a conclusion to. I'm sure a lot of you guys have seen the movie Space Jam with Michael Jordan, Bugs Bunny, all, all those people. You guys may remember there was a scene, uh, I believe uh, the uh, Nerdlux, those those tiny bugs that came in contact with the basketball and added some electricity to it. There is a picture on NFL memes where it shows the only logical explanation for the Chiefs' 5-0 and start. It shows a picture of the Nerdlux and they replaced the basketball with a Chiefs helmet. That is the only explanation for this. The Chiefs were beating the holy hell out of the New England Patriots on banner night to open up the NFL season. They beat up they, the only the only team to hand the Eagles a loss, the Kansas City Chiefs, in Week 2. The Chiefs faced the Houston Texans on the road and defeated them when they had Deshaun Watson on the team. We can go about J.J. Watt being hurt, but man, Deshaun Watson had an incredible season before he went down with that torn ACL that he suffered in practice. So the Chiefs were beating up on some really great teams earlier in the season, and other than the Steelers' loss, who have you lost to? You've lost to the Cowboys. Now, I don't care if Zeke was playing. Zeke did not have a great game in that match. So, even though he played on short notice, this Chiefs defense still took care of him. Yet, they still lost to the Cowboys, a team that aren't doing so great right now. And we've got to get into them later on in the, in the podcast. You lost to the Raiders earlier in the season on a horrific ending to a game. You lost to the Giants, who had previously lost to the 49ers. You just lost to the Buffalo Bills, who aren't really looking great. Yes, they're the best team remaining on your schedule record-wise. As far as recent gameplay goes, I could go to the LA Chargers, which I'll get into in a moment also. But, I mean, the Chiefs are losing to football teams that they really should not be losing to. This football team is now 6-5. and five. So, I mean, what do you make of this right now? Five games left in the season. And guess what, folks? The LA Chargers are one game behind the Chiefs. They were the worst team in the division in the first half of the season. And now they have creeped up on the Chiefs. If the Chiefs were to win this game, they would have at least a two-game lead on the rest of the division. But instead, the Chargers are caught up. Uh, By the time this podcast is out, the Raiders are probably going to also be ahead. And there are going to be two teams, the Chargers and the Raiders. The two worst teams in this division to start off the season are now tied for second place with one game behind the Chiefs. And I'll tell you what, folks, I I said earlier on, don't just assume, like, please don't just write off the Chiefs and think that they're going to lose a playoff game uh, in January, that they're just going to win the division and lose a playoff game. You never know. Things could happen. When I said that, I did not think that missing the playoffs was a, a big possibility. Now, look, we've gone from complaining about how the Chiefs are going to be a one-and-done team in the playoffs. They might not even make it to the playoffs. And I told you guys, I said, look, I would rather go to the playoffs and at least have an opportunity. Sure, maybe it's going to be a one-and-done. That's been my prediction, but at least you have a chance to not let that happen. You, you, The only way you can prove that wrong is to at least go to the playoffs. Now you might not even be going to the playoffs, and I've seen people complain about that now. Just when you think it can't get worse, it, the Chiefs find a way to do it. 
The AFC West is catching up. And there's nothing the Chiefs are being, there's nothing they're doing about it right now. They're not winning football games. Five of their last six, they've gone down. You've got the Chargers creeping up. They've been on a roll lately. The Raiders are quietly winning football games lately. This team, what, what, what do you make of that? And I know I made the Bugs Bunny reference and all. I mean, of course, I'm kidding when I bring that up. What happened to this football team? What? they Look who they beat. I mentioned the names. And look who they're losing to now. If it was just one, two, or two games, okay, sure, whatever. But this is a trend. And the only reason they lost to the Broncos, the Broncos' offense is horrendous. I mean, they had Trevor Simeon at the time, and they used Brock Osweiler eventually. Uh, this is this is just crap. <laughs> what else can you say about this team? And I'll tell you what, I, I mentioned this on the Facebook Live video. It sucks to be a Chiefs fan. It really does, because this fan base... Pays all that money for overpriced parking that keeps going up every year. Overpriced tickets, overpriced beer, all this. And dealing with the horrific traffic at Arrowhead only to get your heart broken and to let you down and to disappoint you week in and week out. This franchise does not give back to their fans very well. They just don't. They absolutely don't. And it's unfair to the best Sports fans in the world, which are Kansas City Chiefs fans. I truly believe that. And for whatever reason, there's no consideration from the Chiefs to make a change at quarterback. Okay, well, if you're, if if Mahomes is quote-unquote not ready, even though, and I've said this before, no NFL rookie is ever ready. I don't care what position, whether it's quarterback, offensive lineman, whatever. No player is ever ready to step in in the NFL after playing in the in the college games last the previous year, everyone's going to struggle early on. And Pat Mahomes is going to throw some interceptions here and there, but he'll learn from from that and not do it so much later on in his career. That's how you learn. But the Chiefs, for whatever reason, are not going to make the switch for a guy that they traded up 13 spots for in the first round in drafting him in the top 10, which at this point I think is asinine. I read you the numbers about Alex Smith the last four games. This is the old Alex Smith. The Alex Alex Smith you saw in the first seven games, that was a brief cameo appearance. We thought we reached our potential with him, but he, he played great. Played like an elite quarterback. This guy played like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. That kind of level of play is what you got from Alex Smith. And that has gone away. The old Alex Smith has returned, which is an above average good quarterback. And you're not going to get any further with him. And now he's just playing horrific football. Uh, maybe average football at best. And I think that's even being a little generous. Okay. If the Chiefs don't want to make a switch to Pat Mahomes, then I've got a suggestion right now. Sign Colin Kaepernick. Yes, I'm going to say it one more time. Sign Colin Kaepernick. Maybe don't start him right away, but remember what happened when Colin Kaepernick replaced Alex Smith when Alex Smith got hurt in San Francisco in uh, 2012? Colin Kaepernick went in there, won two games in, they decide to stick with Kaepernick, and guess what? He takes the 49ers to a Super Bowl, and Alex Smith watched from the sidelines. So surely if Colin Kaepernick gets signed, look, let's be honest, Alex Smith, maybe not publicly, but deep down inside, he would not welcome Colin Kaepernick in with open arms. So look, if you sign Colin Kaepernick, 
That'll piss off Alex Smith. So maybe that motivation he had when he realized why the Chiefs drafted a quarterback 10th overall, maybe that motivation comes back all of a sudden. I don't know. And if it doesn't, make the switch. Because then you'll have Mahomes and Kaepernick. I mean, do something. You're not making the quarterback switch. I guarantee you, and, I, and I've said this about Darrell Rivas, and the defense has has not been great, but they're not letting teams line up the scoreboard. And I think once Revis plays, which he he and I do want to touch on Revis in a second. Revis uh, didn't play this week because he was quote not ready, didn't have enough time to practice. I'm going to get into that in just a moment. Uh, but as far as the Kaepernick goes, look, do something. And and listen, I said last podcast, I'm not a big fan of patterns, historical patterns. So I'm not uh, I'm not saying that. If he comes to Kansas City, that the exact same thing will happen in that he'll he'll take the team, the Chiefs, to the Super Bowl. But what do we have left to do? You've got to do something. Make a change. If you're not going to go to Mahomes because he's quote-unquote not ready, then get that Kaepernick guy who has not been signed yet because I guarantee you he would not do the stuff that Alex Smith did in this football game. He would not. And that goes for a lot of quarterbacks that are playing right now. Which, again, we don't need to get into that. We've talked about that already. But you get the idea. And as far as the whole political thing goes, enough with the political BS. According to reports, he said before the season and during the season that he will stand for the anthem. So there's that. I'm squashing that discussion because that does not need to be discussed. And that has actually gone away lately, with the exception of the Marshawn Lynch and Donald Trump thing. Get Kaepernick in here, man. I want to see some sort of a change. I want someone to motivate Alex Smith one way or another. And one other thing I do want to talk about, and I, I mentioned Revis. Uh, he did not play, but Greg Gumbel and Trent Green, they, of course, they talked to the coaches and the players before the games. And uh, I forgot who, who they who they attributed this quote to, but Greg Gumbel was talking about Darrell Revis coming in here. And, of course, he's got familiarity with Bob Sutton. And they, they said he knows this defense like the back of his hand. So if he knows the defense like the back of his hand, why did he not play in this football game? Because the, the claim was he didn't have enough time to practice. See, he allegedly knows his defense like the back of his hand, so why not Why not start let him play? Listen, you can tell there's a consistency issue with the Chiefs and the PR department and, and all these coaches that give out quotes to the media. So... They deserve a backhand for this inconsistency for saying that he knows the defense like the back of his hand. Listen, maybe he gets burned. Okay, we can understand. We're not stupid. We know that. We know that these players, when they come in on short notice like this, that it, it could take a moment to get acclimated. Listen, we're not dumb. Even though we've never played the game or, or coached, we know that. Darrell Revis is coming back after not playing for a very long time. We get that. But I'd still rather see him out there than Philip Gaines. Now, I'll, I'll say this right now. Didn't turn out to hurt the Chiefs a whole lot. 16 points allowed in this football game. So it's not like uh, the Chiefs needed Darrell Revis terribly in this football game. Maybe it could have made uh, a difference to the point where you could have seen a turnover. I don't know. But at the end of the day, they only allowed 16 points. The the Giants scored nine points last week in four quarters. The the Bills scored sixteen points, and the Chiefs failed to score more points than the Giants in four quarters with nine points, and scoring more points than the Bills who had sixteen points. If you cannot outscore those two teams, I don't know what to tell you. 
And I'm starting to, and I know I've been very patient with Andy Reid a lot as well. And I don't know if I agree with the head coaching change there, but oh boy, I, I I would not be surprised if Andy Reid is having to answer some very difficult questions to the, to the front office, Brett Veach, Clark Hunt, because being outscored by the Giants in the Bills, that's that's not a laughing matter. I know I've come on on this podcast having a chuckle, having a little bit of fun here, but it's starting to get to the point now where you're realizing. This team and the start they had, what the hell happened and why are we losing, not just losing, but just not being able to outscore teams or, or put on a, a scoreboard ca- showcase against these teams? What has happened? That's that's going to be a tough question for Andy Reid to answer. But I'll tell you what, I can see this team making progress and you'll see a lot of different results if the Chiefs make a switch at quarterback. That has to absolutely happen, but the Chiefs are not going to do it, and they could be a one-and-done, but at this point, it looks like they could miss the playoffs, and that, my friends, is going to be a big collapse. It'll be the biggest collapse in franchise history, and the Chiefs will just continue to break our hearts. Time to wrap up the show. Let's go around the NFL. There's a meltdown down south in Texas. The Cowboys, they're not doing too good after a horrific showing against the Chargers on Thanksgiving. Reports from Sunday morning were from Adam Schefter that the Cowboys players are starting to get frustrated with this coaching staff. I'll tell you what, this has been a very dramatic season for the Dallas Cowboys. You've had all this Ezekiel Elliott drama coming off the Rookie of the Year Award, of course, and now uh, you've got Cowboys players that aren't playing well and now are unhappy with the coaching staff. Jerry Jones and the comments he made last week, uh, there are a lot of wrong things going on with the Dallas Cowboys, and this is a PR nightmare for the PR staff for, for, for the Cowboys. This is not a very good position to be in, and you know, for a team that's labeled as America's team, there's always pressure to do to do great uh, you have a lot of fans. You have the most fans in the NFL. Granted, bandwagon fans. But at the end of the day, uh, from the business side of things, you've got to do everything to try to keep that large fan base happy. And it, it, it's tough to do. Uh, that's not an easy job to take in there. I mean, that is a place where uh, you've got to do business. You've got to go out there and win. And if you don't, you're on a short leash in Dallas. One player who is on a short leash with the NFL right now is Jameis Winston after the NFL has launched an investigation after an Uber driver claimed Jameis Winston groped her. Now, this is uh, coming off the heels of a very unfortunate trend that we have seen lately in the in the media involving big names that are that involve guys that are groping, sexually harassing other women. Uh, that includes Minnesota Senator Al Franken in which there are multiple groping allegations about him recently now. Harvey Weinstein as well, uh, which I mentioned on the show when uh, Al Michaels made a a really uh, inappropriate uh, Harvey Weinstein comparison with the Broncos defense. Uh, Listen, I'm not sure what the conclusion is going to be with this Jameis Winston issue. I'm not a legal expert, but things like this will always come down to 
evidence and witnesses. And I'm not sure what they can find. There is another NFL player who stood up for Jameis Winston saying this didn't happen. And look, obviously, you know, what do you expect? His friends and for him to say he did it? No, of course not. So that's why there's an investigation for this. What I'm saying is I don't know if I expect for the NFL to be able to come to a conclusion to this. Which leads me to think they're going to suspend him. And similar to the Ezekiel Elliott drama, there's going to be a, a lot of a lot of issues here. And you're going to be seeing a lot of appeals back and forth. So the suspension being upheld or removed, whatnot. It's just going to be another mess on our hands. I can see it coming from a mile away. Final, segment, final thing I want to talk about on this segment, rather. Fight! A big fight between the Raiders and the Broncos. Uh, I did see this shortly before I started recording the podcast. There was a brawl. One Broncos player got a hold of a Raiders player's helmet and just carelessly flung it, almost hitting a photographer, and it rolled over, almost hit a couple of Raiders cheerleaders, and you can see them getting out of the way. Um, And it's funny, because when an opposing team scores, or if there's a fight, there's a strange intermission, you can tell tell in the background when you see cheerleaders, they have to stand at a certain pose and absolutely not move. And you see these Raiders cheerleaders trying to keep, keep still, but also trying to get away from all these things that are being thrown, all these players fighting on the sidelines. So, and I don't know what would be Akib Talib grabbing the the necklace of a, of a player, uh, going at it with Crabtree. Oh gosh, man! I, I mean, I love Talib and everything he did for the Jayhawks. But gosh, man, this guy's been nothing but a knucklehead in the NFL, and the league's got to step in and do something about it because if they don't, he's going to continue to go at it with players, and that's not what we need, especially when it comes to player safety. No reason for that. Let's go out of bounds. Chip Kelly to now be the head coach of UCLA on a five-year, $23.3 million contract. Listen, maybe the NFL game wasn't for Chip Kelly. He was the head coach of the Eagles and the 49ers. Maybe the NFL game was just not for him. Maybe he's better suited to be a college football head coach. And that's okay. You know, sometimes you just got to learn what your strengths and weaknesses are and where you belong in the world. Look at Charlie Weiss. He tried to be a head coach twice in college football. Was the head coach of Notre Dame, head coach of KU. Didn't do a good job at Notre Dame. Was below standards at KU. He was just flat out awful and was getting paid $2.5 million a year for that. He was an amazing offensive coordinator in the NFL for the Patriots and briefly here in Kansas City. Went to the college game twice and look, he just learned that there was there's no place for him to be a head coach in the college game. He just has no business doing so. He tried a couple times, not good. Didn't do well at Notre Dame, didn't do well at KU, so time to move on. And speaking of KU, KU Athletic Director Shannon Zenger announced shortly after the final game of the season for the Jayhawks that there won't be a head coaching change at KU. And I know a lot of people are going to disagree, but I think that is the right move right there. Even after a 1-11 season, losing your last 11 games, a lot of low-scoring contests from KU's side. Uh, Look, it is the right move, though. David Beatty, the head coach of the Jayhawks, he's having to pick up the mess made by Turner Gill and Charlie Weiss. And that's not an easy mess for anyone to pick up. I don't care if you are Nick Saban. I don't care if you are David Beatty. That is not an easy... Taking the KU job is not an easy one to accept. 
and not, there were not many suitors. Not many people were interested in this KU job. So even if you do fire him, if you're Shayon Zanger, that coaching tr- search is not going to be an easy one. So I think for now, you've got to stick with David Beatty. He, he's had some good recruiters coming in. He's had one of the higher, higher rating recruiting classes. So I think you've got to give him a chance to let them come in and flourish in this in this program and see what they can do. So I say not even one more year, but even two more years. You've got to give David Beatty a chance and let him have an opportunity to try to make some progress with this football team. Because, again, keep in mind, I think a college job is very tough to take in because you're also the general manager there. I mean, the recruiting process and everything there. I mean, if you take if you go there and you don't give a guy three years to rebuild a program, you're never going to, to find success with that program ever. And these players, they're going to play for multiple head coaches in their college careers. And that's not something anybody wants. Not the players, not the administration staff, not the ADs, the chancellors, none of them. None of them. Especially the fans. So you've got to let him out there and let him continue to do his thing. I say you got to give it two more years. And after that, then you'll start making decisions based on what he's done with his own recruiting class a high-rated recruiting class, that is, coming in. I think that, at that point, you can make a fair judgment about how he's done being the head coach of Kansas. Final segment, let's throw some penalty flags. All right, I got a couple of flags to throw here, starting with this analyst, uh, sticking to the topic of college coaches being fired here and there, I have no idea whose name this guy is on ESPN. He, he's a former coach, and I'll be honest, I don't, I don't not follow college football a whole lot. I don't follow it very closely. But this analyst said it's unfortunate that coaches get fired because they don't know where their families are all going to go next season, where they're going to live, where they're going to work. Talked about having to feed them. Please, dude, that's just an insult, especially to people that struggle and live paycheck to paycheck. Don't talk to me about coaches trying to feed their families after they got fired from a coaching job. Coaches get paid a lot. Some get paid a million dollars or more, some just a little less than that. Yes, the moving part sucks, but please do not act like they're going to suffer and live poorly and live in the streets. If a college head coach does not work for a few months, even a year or even a little more than a year, they can still comfortably feed their family. This analyst also said something about how coaches, if they're doing great, then they have to deal with assistants possibly leaving, which is a good thing. That means your team is doing great. And other teams want your assistance. You can never, in any sport, you can never have a coaching staff intact forever. Great teams lose assistance because they're winning. Those are great problems to have. I don't know who this guy is talking about losing assistance because of what? You're having great seasons? Oh, and if if a coach gets fired, he doesn't know where he's going to be next year? Okay, big deal. You made a lot of money. And then he talks about feeding families? Come on. There are people out there in Thanksgiving that didn't have necessarily a big Thanksgiving feast like like a lot of us hopefully did because they don't have the stable money, the financial needs that a lot of a lot of other people have. 
So to talk about feeding family, I, I just thought that's a horrific thing to say. I, I mean, you're acting like they're about to go live in the street now. They got paid lots of money during their time as a head coach in college football. These coaches are going to be fine. I, I just think it's insulting when coaches that make hundreds of thousands of dollars or even millions of dollars when they get this kind of, oh, they just got fired from their job. Big deal. They got paid a lot of money to underperform. A lot of people are unhappy about this. Arkansas, head, uh, they fired head coach Brett Billamy after five seasons there. He was fired on the field right after the loss to the Missouri Tigers. I'm not throwing a flag at the Arkansas administration staff. I'm throwing a flag at the fans on this one who are angry about this, the way that they went about this. Listen, if... You think if you know you are you want to fire someone, if you know you don't want to move move on with them, let them know right away. And I think Arkansas did a great job there. Uh, interim AD Julie Cormer uh, said it was not an easy thing to do, but that's what they had to do. And I have no problem with it. If you know if you've already come to a conclusion, if you've made a decision, then do it. Don't make them wait around, make them wonder for days or weeks about the uh, decision. Let them know right then and there. And I had no problem with that. At all, it's almost like a, a relationship. If if you're not happy with someone in the re- a relationship and you want to break up, let them know right away. I mean, do, if there is some sort of an issue, I mean, don't drag it out and say you're thinking about it. Let them know right then and there. Because why keep someone waiting? Why keep yourself waiting? Let Bellamy go out there and and figure out his next venture in, in the coaching world and the football world, and Arkansas can go figure out their next head coach. So, it's not a great situation. No, never. But at least you're not holding everyone hostage in the situation. Get ahead as much as you can. Get the start going as much as you can. Alright, just realized the audio settings for this were not too good. But uh, I, I did this before, unfortunately. Made a mistake there. So, I do apologize for that. But from the sounds of it, it's not necessarily horrible. So, hopefully it's at least fathomable. So, there's a flag on me for that. But one last flag I do want to throw... Uh, a gentleman named Bruce John Homer, 61 years old, intentionally crashed his car at an intersection in his neighborhood to prove how unsafe the intersection is. He crashed his truck into another into another driver, an SUV. No one was injured, thankfully, because usually when there are stupid acts like this, people do unfortunately get hurt. According to the SUV driver, he pulled out in front of him to create the crash, and apparently this Homer genius... Had some close calls at his intersection before, saying, quote, I ran some guy off the road uh, after I saw him blow through the <laughs> intersection. Ran him off the road. That That's clever. Uh, needless to say, he was charged with two counts of aggravated battery and with a deadly weapon and one count with reckless driving. Uh, look, there are better ways to go about this. There just are. This guy's a this guy's a flat out idiot. I mentioned I, I do want to do something with the penalty flag segment with you guys. If you guys have an idea as to who I should put on this penalty flag segment, and what I'm looking for, I'm looking for stories like this, like Mr. Homer, 61 year old, intentionally wrecking vehicles. Send them to me. Either, uh, and I think the best way to do it, either email me, Farzine at FarzineVesugian.com, or on Facebook, Facebook.com slash FarzineVesugian, send me a Facebook message on there. If you've got a good story idea 
that I should put for the penalty flag segment, send it to me. I'll consider it. And if I think it's good enough to put on the show, I'll give you guys credit on the podcast. I think that is going to be something fun to do. A lot of you guys have tweeted me making all these jokes about certain stories we've had here on the podcast. I'm looking for weird, odd, crazy, strange, stupid stories to put on here. Now, I'll put some sports stories on here occasionally, but man, some some sport, some stories like that, those are always fun to put on. And they make us forget about the 16-10 loss that we just incurred. Yeah, sorry to bring that up. Uh, last thing before I sign off, here is Andy Reid following the loss. He was asked by Adam Teicher of the Kansas City Star if he considered a switch at quarterback, and here was Andy Reid's response to that. No, I didn't. No, that's not not where I'm at right now. I have a couple other things I've got to take care of. A couple other things to take care of. So the Kansas City Chiefs, there you have it. They will not be making a switch at quarterback. That'll do it for this episode of the Chiefs on Podcast. A big apology once again about the audio issue. Hopefully it doesn't sound too bad. A couple of you guys told me before. And it was no big deal. So hopefully you guys are okay with that. I'll try to remember that for next time. I did that once before. I did it now again. Uh, I'll make sure I don't do it a third time. Uh, once you do something once or twice, you always learn from it. Make sure you interact with me on social media. Facebook.com slash Vasugi, And that's my Facebook page. Give it a like on there. Follow me on Facebook. We'll do a Facebook Live video at halftime and after every Chiefs game. So make sure you guys join me for that on Facebook.com for Facebook Live videos. Also follow me on Twitter at Farzine21. You guys can send me an email as well, Farzine at FarzineVesugian.com. Again, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Subscribe to the podcast. Share it on social media. Let a friend know about it. Let your your, your friends, your your family members, your coworkers, your, your neighbor, whoever, let everyone know about the Chiefs Zone podcast. Let them all in on the Chiefs talk here, whether it's a win, a loss, a draw, whatever it is, we always have fun talking about the Chiefs one way or another. We always have fun with it. And I always uh, I always am open to the discussion with you guys back and forth. That's why we've got the social media pages that I always enjoy talking with you guys and always appreciate you guys doing so with me. So once again, the Chiefs Zone Podcast will be back this Thursday. We will have Morgan Ganim here on the podcast to talk about his DJing gig in Oklahoma and how you guys can listen. Also, talk about his music career. Plus, we'll talk some Chiefs football with him as well. Of course, he's a huge Chiefs fan. He, he sings the theme song for the Chiefs on podcast, Chop It Up, which can also be heard at Arrowhead at, at some of the football games there. So, definitely going to be having some fun talking to Morgan Ganim. I'm Farzee Vasugi, and that's it for this podcast. Talk to you guys later this week. Take care.